So let's say you have five to seven auditions a week and you have to put yourself on tape for each one. Well, the only way you could afford to go to a professional self-tape studio for each one is if you had a series or something. I mean, who could afford to do that? It's insane. Also, how many times have you had a reader who gave you absolutely nothing? I mean, a vegetable would give you more to work with. Enter weaudition.com. This is a video chat community where actors can put themselves on tape, but also find a highly rated professional reader to work with, to rehearse with, to do a self-tape with. And these are really, really good readers who will make you better and make your audition shine. If you sign up today for weaudition.com, get 25% off when you use the code ACTINGCLASS. Now, it's usually... $10 a month, which is very reasonable. But again, if you sign up today and you use the code ACTINGCLASS, all one word, get 25% off. Again, the website, weaudition.com. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. I worked yesterday with Caleb and, and Raphael and Teo joined us. And here's something that came up, because some of you will remember, Caleb is working on the commencement exercise that we did. And it hit me, by the way, it's interesting to go back to these exercises periodically, uh, even for me to teach them periodically. I always think this exercise is a simple exercise, just paraphrase a commencement speech. The original exercise was to paraphrase an editorial. Um, I changed the exercise because it was too difficult for me to have to go through and find editorials for everybody. But the thing that hit me about it was once again, getting to the size of the ideas. What is this about? And the what is this about, or what am I trying to say with this? And it's not necessarily something you're going to get right away, but at least with every time you you figure something, I think this is about, I think my character represents, I mean, the exercises we're doing at the moment where we're building the past of this character, just to have that thought. I think this is about, I think this represents maybe, this is an idea of, it gives you something to grab onto for one thing. And then the second thing that it does is it gives you something to aspire to, something to lift yourself up to. I mean, and and that's what I think uh, is important. I I was reminded when we were working yesterday, I don't know if you all remember about parables and Jesus. Um, Okay, so here's the thing, and this is an important thing, and I think that that there is a parallel here. Jesus taught through parables. It wasn't so much like the Ten Commandments where you have rules, but it was more like, so here's a story. Here's a story about a man who had two sons. 
and one and so now it's the prodigal son and people understand stories i mean it was a great way to teach as opposed to lecturing the telling people stories was something you could relate to you know you said oh yes okay so this is oh i get it i get it so in other words this is a man who saw somebody that was in need and stopped and helped him. Oh, I understand that story. All right, likewise, in an odd sense, what we're doing when we do plays, uh, what we're doing when we do these monologues is we are telling a story. We're telling a story about human beings and the nature of human beings in plays is always about conflict. I mean, there just always is. Somebody has a problem. I mean, that's just, you know, cutting to the chase when you're doing a play is, is so, so what's the problem? And somehow or another, because the audience is an element, I mean, you want to include them. They exist. And so the the idea that i am presenting something in our case it's a monologue or it's a play and somebody seeing it is going to get something out of it something somebody seeing it is going to learn something somebody seeing it is going to be a better person because of it they are going to learn something. They're going to learn something they didn't know before. And that, that means we've accomplished something. I'll tell the story again. The story of my bank manager on the Upper West Side, Marilyn, at the Chase Bank back in the day. And back in the day when you had to stand in line before, you know, with a check if you wanted $20, and and then you'd cash the check. So at any rate, so I used to chat up Marilyn. And so uh, Marilyn would see me as a result of that, and so she'd see me standing in line, and then she's kind of signaled to me, you know, writing a check in the air. Was I there to cash a check? And then she'd, I'd say, yes, I'd nod, and then she'd motion me to come over to her desk, and she said, I'll take care of it. So... Every year at Christmas, I would give her something. And uh, it was back when I um, had vanities running off Broadway, and so I had access to house seats. So I gave her a pair of seats for Torch Song Trilogy, which had won Best Play, it had won a Pulitzer Prize, but is one of the gayest plays ever. And But she was on the Upper West Side, and so I just thought, well, I, you know, she's cool. It's the Upper West Side of New York. So... At any rate, I gave her these tickets, and then I saw her after Christmas. And I said, so how did you like the play? And she said, it was an amazing play. And it was three hours of play, by the way. And she said, and you know what, I, what interested me? And I said, what? And she said, they want the same things we do. And that was so overwhelming to me. First of all, that anybody was using the term they or we or whatever. But it was so interesting to me 
that through this play, she understood something she had never understood before, which is that homosexuals and heterosexuals wanted the same thing. And I mean, it was an outrageous performance. The whole first act is like a monologue where he's having sex in a in the baths or the beth something, and and I thought, well, that's pushing the edge of the envelope. But she got it, and I thought it was such a tribute. And so it, it did hit me when I was talking to to Caleb yesterday with uh, Raphael and Teo that that's really what we're hoping to do. We're really hoping to not just bring ourselves up to the size of an idea, but we're trying to pull the audience up as well. Pull the audience up to the size of the idea. And it kind of gives us a, a little bit more of a frame of reference for why it's so important we're not just there to play the part. I mean, it, it's, we're not just there for applause. We're not just there for that. And it, it, what we're really there for is we want people to leave, as Stella Adler's father, Jacob Adler, said, better. They leave better than when they arrived. Anyway, I was thinking about that yesterday because we were... Because we were working on a commencement exercise and working on the specific elements of it and the specific things that we were talking about, and it's just and it just reminded me that every single everything we talk about has some kind of idea connected to it. It's kind of our way of reaching people. And if we think of it that way, there's something I, I mean, I think there are a lot of things to go into, but there's something I know that you need to know. I know something that's going to open your eyes to something. And I think it's an important part of our work. I think it's an important part of our work because it kind of takes us out of, I I don't know, it, it takes us out of thinking, you know, how do I do this? I think sometimes we just need to rethink how we approach our work. Comments, anyone, thoughts? No, about the church thing, actually, because that's where I started acting, was in church as a kid, doing like church plays and everything. So that makes a lot of sense to me, as in knowing why you're telling the story. Because like I would perform church plays all the time and do all this stuff, but I knew exactly why we're telling this particular story like all the questions i can't answer about my character now i knew about <laughs> the bible version <laughs> like i knew the whole story so much that i could do any part anywhere from any time it didn't matter because of how much i knew it and what it was about therefore i was free yeah this this, this guy is like this guy is still to me versus that is like new. This stuff is like uh, is like a baby just being just been born. Like I have not I have no idea of everything that happened to him because I'm still figuring it out. I know, but look, here's the thing. I, I 
allow yourself to have some inkling and then allow yourself to change. I think one of the things that we do that really absolutely strangles our talent is we marry a choice right away. And we keep thinking we have to get back to that choice and play that choice again. We say, oh, yes. And I think to myself, my God, that was three weeks ago. If you haven't grown in three weeks, you've got problems. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I I mean, I guess like maybe like only two weeks ago where I started to realize, I was like, all right, where I was going with him is probably not not the thing. Especially well, I know, but it shouldn't be. It's yeah, not that it's not. It shouldn't be. I mean, listen, I'm famous for tell- saying people into rehearsals, if you don't want me to kill you, uh, never say to me, but yesterday you said, because that was yesterday. And between yesterday and today, either I've been thinking about it and it's gotten more depth, or I've expected you to be thinking about it and it's gotten more depth. What is killing acting is the idea that people make a choice that they repeat day after day after day. No growth, nothing. And that's what kills acting. It's the fact that it doesn't grow. And so it makes sense if it grows, your understanding is going to grow. So look, I mean, the point is stop stop being so nervous about performing because you don't think you have it right. It doesn't matter. You've been thinking about this character walking down the street. You've been thinking about this character, you know, while you're taking a shower. So the thing is, it is all simmering around. So let it out. And if it doesn't work, big deal. I mean, really, seriously, there are worse things. I'll tell you what's killing your talent. What's killing your talent is trying to get it right. It's like hovering over your head is this idea of I have to be brilliant. It's like nobody will believe me when I say, well, okay, this is where I am today. I I want to play with this and see where I am today. Um, And then at the end of it, you say, okay, I don't know enough about that. I don't know enough about that. Let me go find out. Then you go find out. But I'm telling you something. Thinking about it is going to get you nowhere. Writing about it is certainly going to get you nowhere. Doing it out loud is going to get you somewhere. I Don't Need an Acting Class is hosted and created by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music by Jeffrey Keezer Trio. May This Be Love from their album, On My Way to You. If you have a moment, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. And uh, if you would like to send an email, if you have a question for Milton, you can do so at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Another way to get in touch is on Instagram at I don't need an acting class. 
It's brought to you by WeAudition.com, a full-service online platform for actors. And if you sign up and use the code ACTINGCLASS, get 25% off. Again, get 25% off when you use the code ACTINGCLASS. Again, the website is WeAudition.com. Have a fabulous week, everybody, and we will see you back here next time. 